It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Wednesday episode of Locked On Raptors, we return one of the great parlor games in Locked On Raptors lore. It is What's More Likely, where we dig into some either-or situations and determine which is the most likely outcome. Like, who will finish higher in their respective award of choice voting, Pascal Siakam or OG Ananobi? What will we see in terms of where the Raptors finish in the standings? Will they be top three or somewhere lower than that? And a couple of old potential reunions with former Raptors could be on tap by the deadline. We'll dig into which guy is more likely to end up a Raptor between Jakob Pertl and my boy, Terrence Ross. That's all coming up on today's episode of Locked On Raptors. Thanks so much for hanging. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on welcome to episode number 1278 of locked on raptors for uh, wednesday november the 9th i'm your host sean woodley i've been covering the toronto raptors now for nine seasons you can find my Substack newsletter post touches uh just by going to my pinned tweet over at woodley sean uh, as long as twitter is operational you can go find it there and uh subscribe either either for free or for a small monthly or annual sum uh you can also find the show at locked on raptors on twitter and you can follow subscribe to rate and review the podcast for free on all your favorite podcast apps it's much appreciated when you go ahead and do that and uh it's always appreciated when you make us your first listen of the day as well all right Let's get to it on today's show. We're playing What's More Likely, one of my favorite parlor games here on the podcast. And I'm joined, as I usually am, on a Whatevs Wednesday by Katie Heindel. Katie, how the hell are you? I'm good, man. Back in the city. I was in New York City over the weekend watching a lot of people run for hours and hours (laughs) and hours in the marathon. Um, Got to go by Madison Square Gardens and just you know, give a, I was going to say like shake my fist at the Knicks, but if anything, it's kind of just like, you keep it, keep going guys. Yeah. They're the normal yeah. New York basketball yeah. team now. It's, uh, give it a, it's quite a give role it your rehearsal. Best. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm good. I'm good. That's good. How long do we imagine the Knicks are going to stay normal? They're in like this weird, <laughs> it's been like multiple years now where it's like James Dolan hasn't set anything ablaze. He hasn't banned any former legends from MSG. Like the shoe is about to drop at some point here, well, right? It's one of those situations where um, he's done so many of the terrible things mm. that it's like, how many more people can you? You don't have that many more like public <laughs> like, celebrity fans to ostracize. You know what I mean? You don't have yeah, many yeah. former players to like um, disgracefully like shame for no reason, like with Charles Oakley. You know, like you can't, you're running out of options. So maybe mm-hmm. that's why Dolan. 
Dolan has his sights set elsewhere. Or they're He's, just like, please stay away from the team. Yeah. I mean, the New York Rangers are good now and have always, I think, kind of been uh, his preferred vice um, among the sports teams he owns. Mm -hmm. And they've lost a few games in a row. So I'm just waiting for uh, Gerard Gallant to get fired uh, for those hockey heads out there. Uh, (laughs) We can move on from that, though. Who cares about James (laughs) Dolan? Uh, Glad to hear you had a good time down in New York watching people run maniacs, all of them uh, who compete in long distance running very much respect to all of them but again i'm still in pain and traction from dancing at a wedding four days ago i can't even imagine uh what the people who ran that marathon are feeling today so let's dive in katie it's what's more likely we teed up the three segments we're going to do off the top so let's just dive in right now to the very first of our what's more likely scenarios again how this works is there's just an either or usually pretty extreme on both ends and we got to decide what the most likely outcome of them is and we begin with awards talk. We're very early in the season. Never too early, though, for awards talk. And this, what's more likely, is Pascal Siakam finishes top five in MVP voting, or OG Ananobi makes the first team all defense. Uh, Obviously, both guys off to pretty good starts in their respective campaigns to do both things. Katie, what do you think is more likely, a top five MVP finish for Siakam or a first team all defense nod for OG? I'm going to go with Pascal. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Pascal. I don't know why the defensive one feels trickier to me. Well, it's because um, there's only so many spots uh, for forwards, and there's lots well, there's of only so many really good forwards. Spots for top five MVP. <laughs> That's true. Um, but like the positional variability, I think, helps here with Siakam, I would say. Potentially. Uh, and I think to me, like based on how he's been playing so far this season, you know, and how, like, what it also looks like around the rest of the league so far, it is quite early. Things are going to change, um, but I feel like he's got a—he's a very strong contender at this moment. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, the injury obviously hurts matters, and you hope yes. he doesn't miss too much time. If he misses eight games, like plenty of guys have won MVP playing seven. Yeah, what's going on in Dallas with this like drip under the? Like, I, I'm Tim Hardaway guessing... Jr. got hurt the same way. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I'm assuming it's to do with the fact that they share an arena with the Dallas Stars and you have hockey ice underneath the wood and it's hot in Dallas and like that might affect things. I don't know. Maybe they just have bad mops. Maybe Mark Cuban's invested in like a really bad mop company Mm -hmm. and uh, much like the rest of his investments on Shark Tank, it's uh, really, really come back to bite him in the ass. Who's to say? Um, I think for me, this is really tricky. The narrative stuff, like, look, you know, you could argue whether your narrative should have anything to do over the MVP voting, but it does. You can't argue it. The people who vote for it care about it, and so we have to consider it. And the narrative juice I think Siakam could have, if the Raptors go and are a top three seed in the Eastern Conference, which we'll get to next, uh, and if they, you know, go and win 50-plus games and Siakam plays the way he has through the first, you know, nine games he's played this season, <laughs> I, I think there's going to be, like, one of those real sort of oh well yeah you got to put him fifth on the ballot like it's just he's got to be there kind of like you know the the John Moran I think came seventh last year that's kind of the the similar sort of uh avenue I see for Siakam to get there John missed a ton of time as well so it's been proven you can finish high even if you miss time um so yeah I I think that it's pretty likely for Siakam at least feasible for Siakam to finish top five that said 
I think the most likely here is OG making first team all defense. The campaign has already begun, and the fact that he's finally getting the counting stats that people really, really need before they decide someone's good at defense, I think that's going to matter here. He's leading the league in steals right now. He's leading the league in combined steals plus blocks, which is pretty awesome. And it just feels like the hype train has already begun. He's kind of getting the hype train going himself like shoveling coal into the furnace just with every press conference he gives talking about how rad he is at defense i like that um and i just think you know Giannis is going to be one of the forwards obviously like that mm-hmm. that figures that's going to happen but after that i mean og has been probably the best defender in the nba so far this season he's just been monstrous and we always knew he was a really great defender the counting stats were never quite there to match um but yeah i'll say it's more likely og gets into to the the all defense conversation the first team all defense conversation than it is pascal finishes top five um i think both are very much on the table though which is very very fun and you know by the way the nba does their little uh, nba.com awards ladders and og was third on the one that came out this week behind uh Giannis, who's amazing and marcus smart who's been way less good defensively this season for the 24th best defense in the league but reputation baby we love it either way uh i think uh we are split, split. And that's fine. Look, that, that this is one of them good problems. Oh mm-hmm. no, there's too many good players who might finish high in awards voting. Whatever will we do? Um, I haven't gotten a chance to speak with you since this Yakim injury, Katie. Just quickly here, like, what's your read on the team's sort of ability to weather his absence? Because it looked pretty decent on Sunday night. Not so good on Monday. Maybe it's just a matter of if Scotty Barnes is good, they'll be fine. If Scotty Barnes plays like he did Monday, they're they're screwed. But uh, what are your thoughts on on their ability to weather this Siakamless stretch of the schedule? It's gonna be up and down, right? Mm. Like he's uh, he's such an anchor for them, and also like it certainly doesn't hurt the, that he's come out playing the way he has this season. Mm-hmm. It sucks for him um, to just have a little bit of a blip, though. I think it'll be an easy thing for him to bounce back from. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the team will continue to be fairly mercurial i gotta say yeah yeah it's you know i I think the difference between siakam and the rest of the team this year in terms of like the gap between the best player and the rest of the guys is way bigger than it was last year i think Mm -hmm. like that's how good and it's not to say that the guys beneath him have gotten worse because most cases they've gotten better but pascal's just been ridiculous and to take that you know his 30 plus percent usage and his mastery of manipulating the half court offense and just kind of knowing exactly where every play is going to go that's going to hurt and not to mention the transition stuff which he's been really really good orchestrating as well um and so it, maybe, look, look how many yeah. seasons that took right and you like look yeah. at the, the the kind of mean age and like mean whatever season they're in for mm-hmm. the rest of the team which is like two or three right totally. it's like pretty yeah. like uh, i don't know or just in terms of maybe a little longer in the league but the usage is not there 100 like is not the same or hasn't historically been depending on the teams that they've come from mm-hmm. so you kind of cobble all that together and you're really gonna miss Pascal Siakam. totally and look <laughs> i think i think scotty barnes is a basketball savant and i think he'll probably get to like that level sooner than most players do mm-hmm. just because like i mean look at the passes this guy's through have you seen the passes this guy throws katie have you seen them they're, they're, they're seen crazy him. Yeah. Seen him in person. Uh, they're it's it's bonkers and like he's looking up into the press box while he's throwing gorgeous 50-foot transition passes I, I can't get enough of it but yeah like the refinement in pascal's game is so much further along and it's going to mm-hmm. be 
uh, a thing to to try to manage here. But yeah, I uh, I think they can probably hang. The schedule's not too crazy. Um, and, you know, Fred Van Vliet's really good. We forget about that, too. Uh, he's, he's, he's really, really awesome, so we'll see. But, yeah, that's the first what's more likely. We're going to come back on the other side, get into two more what's more likely uh, situations, including will the Raptors be a top three team or a five through seven team? That's coming up in just one sec. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at LinkedIn, who are uh, the best place to go if you are trying to hire for your business these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's super easy. You go in, you create a post, and then you add uh, your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. You don't want to waste time. You don't want to be sitting there like, all right, let's just sort through all these resumes that have no shot. That's not what you want. LinkedIn's going to make it targeted. It's going to make it efficient. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NBA. That's linkedin.com slash NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Go check out LinkedIn Jobs. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we continue on here with your first listener of the day, Katie Heindel, along for our customary Whatevs Wednesday. And we're playing What's More Likely, one of my favorite games on the pod. I don't know if anyone else likes it, and I just like thrust it upon everybody. And you guys are all very gracious when I decide to play these silly little games. All right, Katie, let's dive in to the second of our What's More Likely questions, and that is... The Toronto Raptors will finish top three in the Eastern Conference, or they will finish between fifth and seventh. I think based on the uh, tire fire that the Nets are, based on the fact that the Heat are not playing super hot right now and don't really seem to have a ton of answers available, uh, I think top seven kind of feels like the range where the Raptors are going to end up here. Apologies to the fourth seed for getting thrown out of this uh, this conversation entirely. I just kind of think the fourth seed is the, where they're actually most likely to finish, and that's mm-hmm. fine. Um, so we're going to go with the extremes. Top three, fifth through seventh. What do you think is the most likely bracket in which the Toronto Raptors will finish by season's end, Katie? I think fifth through seventh. Okay. Um, I think you can't discount. It's a long season. I don't ever want to like, you know, say people are going to get hurt because mm. it's hell, but people are going to get hurt. Uh, not just Raptors players. Yeah. Right. So that's going to fluctuate things. If you're just going on like pure play and results and you're assuming this isn't a bubble and, you know, no, everybody will stay as they are. I would say top three, mm-hmm. but there are too many variables in the Eastern conference this season, which is why it's so much fun and exciting to watch, mm-hmm. you know, and I think everybody's going to be on a bit of a roller coaster and the Raptors are no exception. So your guess of fourth is probably the most likely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, 
I'd say between fourth and six feels pretty, and it and it and it will be like. I don't imagine it being like a steep drop off. I just that's yeah. what I I imagine. That's how close things are going to be. By the yeah, end it's going to be it's going to be airtight. Um, you know, the Bulls look mildly frisky and weird. Um, you know, even despite some injury, and if they get Lonzo Ball back, maybe that kind of changes the whole game for them, and they're right in that sort of top seven eight conversation. We kind of all. I think projected them to be ninth, but you know, the Nets and Heat are uh, doing Nets and Heat things right now. By the way, I have much more faith that the Heat will figure this out than the Nets. Uh, yes. It should be stated yeah. uh, very plainly. Um, but yeah, you know, I think the Bucks, I you probably, you know, pencil into the top seed. They don't even have Middleton back yet. They're nine and one. They're really, really good. Uh, and it seems like Giannis is, uh, you know, just somehow doing it again and getting better, which is horrifying. So I think they're kind of in there. The Celtics are seven and three, uh, and they look really, really good despite their defense not performing super well at the moment. Um, Jason Tatum is playing out of his damn mind and uh, is almost surely to harken back to the first question, going to finish top five in MVP voting again. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Malcolm Brogdon's been a nice addition there. They still don't have Robert Williams back, and if they ever get him back, they're probably just going to be the same team they were last year, where they're just this behemoth. Um, so I'd figure they're going to be top three. Then the Cavs and Raptors are kind of the next two teams to dig into. The Cavs have a bit of an edge in the record right now. I do think, you know, the the Raptors have played a difficult schedule. The injuries have obviously been there. You know, obviously Garland missed time for the Cavs too, so everyone's got injuries to fall back on as an explanation. But those two teams, like their, their head-to-head matchups are going to be super pivotal, I think. Um, and I do like the way the Raptors match up with the Cavs. I think, like, it's not a fluke that they won that game on opening night, and that was for a while the only Cavs loss. Like, the, the the wing thing is going to be a problem, I think, for Mitchell and Garland to sort of handle in the half court. And that's, that's you know, styles make fights. That's going to be a really, really fun matchup between those two squads. Uh, and I th- honestly think their head-to-heads might determine who gets that three seed. And with that, maybe I'll say top three is most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just feel like they are a team that's going to win a lot of games. And maybe I'm just a homer. Maybe I'm just, like, drinking the Kool-Aid. But I, I just... <laughs> They win a lot of games, Katie. That's just the thing they do. They win a lot. And they manage to finish higher in the standings more often than not than you would expect. Mm -hmm. And so a three seed doesn't feel all that insane to me. Um, You know, the Cavs, again, are very, very good. The Hawks have been a little bit surprising ever since getting waxed by the Raptors. They look like a good basketball team again. Um, You know, the Raptors just whipped them into shape, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it's. uh, I think it's Raptors-Cavs. I think those are the, the... the top four teams in some order are going to be Milwaukee, Boston, Toronto, and the Cavs at this point. It, do you see a team beneath them? The Sixers are obviously in there. Uh, the Bulls, the the Heat, the the Hawks, those are kind of the next wave of teams. Are any of those teams to you threatening enough to jump up into that top four and threaten to push the Raptors down? Um, when I think of how well the Bulls started like last season, you know, and yeah, they mm. did get derailed, um, but things have switched up a little bit. I don't think it's kind of out of the realm of possibility. I think the heat, as you said, will, will figure out what's going on there though. I do think they are still kind of missing someone, you know, like it just feels Mm -hmm. like it's not a fully complete team. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like the Sixers, I don't think you should count them out either. So that's why I mean, when I say it's going to be pretty close for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to keep a more, um, mediative yeah approach than you no totally and, and look i i think you know the sixers are the team i predicted to win like 58 games and finish tops in the east and 
they could easily go on a run here. Maybe they go on a run without James Harden, and it's just met the Max Embiid show. I do really, really worry about their defense, though, especially if P.J. Tucker is going to look the way he has to start the year, which is, uh, you know, like a 38-year-old guy. I'm sorry, Katie. I know he's your well, fave. Well, and he's uh, hurt. But, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like, there's, like, uh, yeah. But he's 38-year-old yeah, yeah. guys hurt, get hurt. Like, that's, that's true. Yeah. So, I, I just... We'll see on the Sixers. I, I, I do think they are probably going to have a run in them at some point here. So, yeah, but by no means do I think it's like a lock the Raptors are a top-four team, but I, I do think things are trending that way, especially if they can weather this time without Siakam. If they get Siakam back and they're kind of at full or something close to resembling full health, like, they're a really good team. They're going to win a lot of games, and uh, I think that's cool. Um, we're going to continue on here, Katie, round out the show with our final What's More Likely, where we talk about... Our faves, former Raptors, who the Raptors just might go and try to target at the deadline. That's coming up in just one second. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online, your number one source for sports betting stats, info, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, soccer, esports. They've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. Listening to a sports pod over at Bet Online, get the information you need in order to become the informed wagerer. Not, don't just throw your money away. That's what I do. I'm a terrible gambler. I, I, I just don't do it very well at all. But if you are tuning into Bet Online and you are getting all of their analysis and info, you are going to be prepared to throw your money down in a way that is going to behoove you. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online is where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we continue on here to round out the show with our final What's More Likely of the Day with Katie Heindel. Katie, the question is, and it's near and dear to my heart, what's more likely, the Toronto Raptors trade for Jakob Pertle by the deadline or they trade for Terrence Ross by the deadline? Both guys have a good start to the year. Pertle's been awesome for the Spurs and continues to be one of the best rim protectors in all of basketball. Terrence Ross is Terrence Ross. He's, uh, again, just toying with the world. Whenever he decides to put it together, it's over for all of you. Um, and he's been pretty good in stretches. Had some big games for the for the Magic down there on a weird, weird Magic team where he's like the most normal basketball player on this team of weirdos. Uh, Katie, and that's by, I mean that in the best possible mm -hmm. way. Uh, the weirdos are cool. Um, but yeah, Katie, Jakob Pertl or Terrence Ross, who do you think is the most likely to run a Raptor by a season's end? And you can't say the actual answer, with, which is both. <laughs> well, my actual answer is neither. Wow! Um, just breaking my heart over sorry, here. Man. Unbelievable. I just, uh, I do not see it. I feel like they have surpassed, the the Raptors have surpassed the style of, uh, the need for like this kind of player. Mm. Um, it would be nice to have somebody like Jakob Pertl up around mm -hmm. the rim, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, to not throw away so many second chance opportunities, but I do think that that can be that gap can be kind of like spoken to by some of the other guys you've got right now, mm -hmm. you know, versus Achua doing a pretty good job of that, though in a different way. Um, 
Dude, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're making me if you're making me answer it, which you are, then I would say Jakob Hurdoff. Okay. I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. It's all right. Um, I like Jakob Pertle too. He's great. I know. Uh, he's not your. He's not your Terrence Ross. He's not my boo. No. Uh, so just a little bit of the details on the contracts for these guys. Both guys are expiring at the end of the season, so they're pending free agents. <laughs> Jakob Pertle makes about nine point four million bucks. Terrence Ross making eleven point five. Uh, both very much within the range of salaries the Raptors can cobble together to match. So I think they're both on the table. I think Katie. They have not moved past the need for these types of players because, as our friend Eric Kareen wrote in The Athletic, as I think we've been talking about sort of this week with the value of Fred Van Vliet as a bit of change of pace for the Raptors, the Raptors need to be able to play different styles if they mm -hmm. actually have high ambitions in the playoffs. And we've seen it with Christian Coloco in his early run here with the Raptors is like, oh, you put a really good rim protector behind what the Raptors do on defense with their perimeter defense, with the fact that they just rotate and scramble and contest everything and sometimes give up leak out leak outs that end up with attempts at the rim. Having a seven foot one rim protecting monster back there is kind of valuable for what the Raptors do. And so I guess it's a question with Pirtle as to whether or not you trust Coloco to kind of be that guy as a rookie all the way through the year, or is it a matter of you give Coloco the run in the first half of the season, see where he's at, develop him along, then you go trade for Pirtle as like insurance, you still have Coloco on the roster in an event of injury or, you know, Pirtle not playing well or whatever, Pirtle leaves at the end of the season as a free agent and Coloco reassumes the role next year. If the Raptors like find themselves as a top three or four team think there's a pathway to making a second or a third round maybe the more established option in a purdle is the the option here because we've seen that with a t typical rim protector this raptors defense is going to be pretty awesome mm -hmm. uh with terrence ross it's just like someone please come in and take <laughs> some damn threes off the bench and give a little bit of space uh you know maybe you think porter will do that as he kind of settles in i think he will i think he's going to be very good but you can never have too much shooting and like another guy with the spirit of gary trent jr coming off the bench like that that feels like a, a pretty good addition to me as well um I will say the more likely one here is Terrence Ross, just because I think Pearl's going to cost a lot and there's going to be a big bidding war. And at some point, the Raptors will just settle with, all right, Col Coloco's our guy in this situation, and we hope that's enough for this year. Um, but it, it, you know, Terrence Ross, 11.5 million bucks, you can make that work pretty easily if you're the Raptors. And throwing him into the mix, I, I would not hate it, not to mention the vibes would be immaculate because Terrence Ross is like whole thing is that he's an incredible vibes guy now. It's awesome. Uh, Katie, uh, any thoughts uh, on what I just said there to expand upon? Uh, am I completely insane in my Terrence Ross reunion lust? Uh, you can talk me down if you want and calm me down. I don't, I don't know. Uh <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I don't want to try and talk you out of, you know, your heart's desire. But again, I just... I, I agree with the idea of like, yeah, obviously this team has to learn how to play different styles of basketball because mm -hmm. what the current style is and will only like they can't it's not going to maintain them like even within a season, let alone like in a playoff series. Right. Mm -hmm. um, they're going to need a lot more kind of tools in their tool toolbox or in their arsenal, however you want to put it. However, I do still think that they have surpassed this style of mm -hmm. guy i won i would wonder i would wonder how well terrence ross would fit mm. um not to like you know knock his own versatility but just the role he's played in orlando kind of mm -hmm. all these all these years mm -hmm. it would be a different and I, I think like more significant ask of him but then maybe you know 
these both of these guys have been here before. Maybe they'd find it a lot easier to like slip back into the system. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, I don't know, man. I can't picture <laughs> it. But if I'm wrong, that's great. I mean, Ross certainly would present many questions on the defensive end. And I think it could, be, it could be argued that, like, does he actually play in a playoff series? I think Pirtle would for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I think that's why there will be a, a crazy bidding war to Yaka Pirtle because he's like one of the three best rim protectors alive at the moment. And no one really seems to recognize it. And it also amazing. depends like what the Spurs want to do. Like the yeah. the Magic, I could see probably be more willing to part with um to part with Terrence Ross, whereas like mm. the Spurs, it's like, are they gonna de- are they gonna decide? Okay, we're in now another newer rebuild mm. situation, and we're gonna try and recoup, you know, or like get back more. Yeah. For this, for one guy, or are they yeah. gonna try and hang on to this one guy because it's like he's probably one of your most functional, good, like talented players. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could argue he is the best player on the Spurs right now, considering like overall I don't pretend impact. to know what's going on within that organization at the moment. That's a, a good point to be made. Uh, <laughs> who the hell knows if he'll do the right thing? Probably not. Um, <laughs> God. Uh, what, what? Just give me wax a little bit, Katie. We, we talk about friendships on the team and how the, the importance of the interpersonal dynamics are. Sure. Uh, yak and skills that that was a thing we it know yak and, 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 and pascal siakam are buds they still are uh what would it mean to you what, what what kind of splendor would it bring to your life to see those two reunited and playing next to each other how fun would that be katie it would be fun uh pascal siakam doesn't really have like a close you know we've talked about you and i have talked about this before there aren't really mm-hmm. like close friendships as close as Lowry and Rosen were yeah. kind of on the team. Um, it would be nice. They've also matured a lot. They're different people now than they were when they, you know, when they were playing together. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. They, they've matured. Yeah. Pirtle seems just like, a, I don't know. What, what could they give to each other? <laughs> just like camaraderie uh for people to go out with for dinner uh all that good stuff hugs hugs katie so that's many hugs true. that's true <laughs> uh that part of it it would be it would be swell yeah um by the way the answer to this question is uh, neither they're going to trade for monte morris and that's going to be fun too um i i got to say katie I'm ready to like throw myself into the trade stuff this year. It sounds like it's going to be fun because there's are lots you? of teams that are just like, let's trade all of our players to get bad because Wemby's out there. I, I feel like it's going to be a compelling trade but season. I'm Probably always, a little early, but I'm like compelled know. on that to that end until I realize it's like, well, you've got to give guys up to get guys. Yeah, back, yeah. Well, which here's is the, the thing. part I hate the most. Mm-hmm. That like the Raptors do have plenty of maneuverability when it comes to like making trades and the salary matching and stuff. Like I feel like Kem Birch and Malachi Flynn is like the duo you, you stick together to mm-hmm. maybe make it work. And then you throw some picks or, or whatever. in. it would suck to lose Kem Birch. I think Malachi Flynn, maybe that's over. I, I don't know. It, I don't want Kem to have to go back to Orlando in like that kind of situation. Oh, that would suck. That would be a nightmare. He'd yeah. be like the, he would be like the seventh center on that team. It was just all centers, Katie. It doesn't mm-hmm. end. Just end. I guess they're more power forwards than anything else. Maybe he'd fit in wonderfully. He, he would be to the magic what Christian Coloco is to the Raptors. Like, whoa, a guy who could play the middle? Unbelievable. Um, 
yeah, I feel like that's a pretty good place to leave this one, Katie. Uh, thanks for crushing my dreams, as always. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we need your level-headedness here to talk me down uh, when I get a little riled up. Katie, we're going to wrap it there. Thank you so much for hanging out. Always the best to have you on the show. We'll be back again tomorrow to break down the Raptors game against the Rockets, which should be, uh, if nothing else, fun and sloppy because that's what the Rockets do. Um, but Katie, anything you would like to promote for the good people out there before we get going? Um, I will promote. Oh yeah, I wrote. Um, I wrote a, a profile uh, on. He's now a Duke player, but uh, Australian uh, basketball player Tyrese Proctor. Cool. Uh, and I got to talk to Marty Clark, who's kind of a pretty legendary Australian coach. He's pretty much coached every Australian player that's entered the NBA, but he is the technical director at the NBA's Global Academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also interviewed the head of basically the Global Academy system in the NBA for that story. So it's half a look at Proctor's development, also have a look at like how the how the NBA Academy system works and also works as an alternate pathway for a lot of athletes who come out of basketball without borders camps and maybe don't have the resources or the access to the collegiate system, for example. So it's like, how do they make it into the NBA if that's where they want to go? And also like what other kind of skills does the Academy lend to young athletes? So I thought that was a really cool. I learned a lot actually. Um, And it's a, it's a very cool system. And now I love Australians, so. <laughs> oh, no, it's going to affect your <laughs> Halloween writing so uh, so drastically. I know. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> no, it's cool. And Tyrese, Tyrese is a really um, kind of exciting, uh, super level-headed young player. Uh, mm-hmm. And I hope that he, I hope that Duke knows what they have. Uh, Katie, everything you write is... Oh, and that's uh, on Dime. My bad. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Uh, Everything you write, Katie, is educational, informative, fun, great. Uh, Everyone go support Katie. Go be a Basketball Feeling subscriber. I'm one, and I'm a happy customer. And uh, (laughs) you should go and follow my advice. Uh, We'll round it there. Thank you. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can subscribe to the show. Wherever you get your podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. That's always fun and nice. And then on YouTube, go hit the big red subscribe button. Again, even if you're not going to watch the videos every day, just juice the stats. That's all I ask. Just go hit one button and you are set. I don't really see the downside there other than getting notifications when shows go live. And that actually seems good to me because then you don't miss any episodes. So go do that. Uh, We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Breaking down Raptors Rockets. On Friday, we got Tony East of Locked on Pacers coming by a little crossover action. And uh, that'll round us out this week. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful night. Enjoy watching the Raptors hopefully throttle the Rockets. If not, oh boy, tomorrow's going to suck. Bye-bye. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.